Crush your sugar cravings with delicious all-natural Bossa Bars for menopause. Created to help women manage weight loss and energy during the pause. And just in time for the holidays, the new double chocolate brownie Bossa Bar. Try them at bossabars.com and save 10% with code HOTCOOL10. Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. This episode is definitely what would fall under the category of racy for us. We have Rachel Green and Kirsten O'Brien, who are comedians, and they have a comedy podcast, Boss Beep. You can fill in the beep there. Podcast. And they are two single, no children, Gen Xers who are living their best lives, sharing some interesting stories. And what we did was we were on their podcast last week. So make sure to check that out. And we wanted to continue the conversation here. So what we're going to talk about is what it's like to not only date in this day and age, but also when you are open to dating in the BDSM world, in different kinks, and just really open, honest dialogue about sex. How did you feel about the conversation, Bridget? Well, like you said, you know, hey, whatever floats your boat, if that's if it's consensual <laughs> and that's your thing, then you do you. As long as it's consenting adults, that's fine. Um, you know, so it was very interesting, you know, it was things that I knew nothing about, you know, so <laughs> let's say I learned a lot and I did. And, we always uh, learn a lot. We always we learn, no matter the topic, we are, we are lifelong learners, you know, Colleen, that's yes. what we are. And so this episode, we just continued and expanded our brains to be <laughs> lifelong learners. And we thought since it's <laughs> yeah. Christmas week, we would just have a light Oh, and yeah. kind of yes. fun <laughs> episode to talk about. And you guys are going to learn about, you know, they they talk about going on to the apps and, and picking mm-hmm. guys. You know, they're very empowering. They're sex yes. positive women mm-hmm. who are very comfortable not being married, who are very comfortable not having children, and who are very comfortable dating, not in a monogamous relationship, but just to have fun. And mm-hmm. I think there are women in our demographic that don't want to be in an, another relationship or just mm-hmm. looking to enjoy this next stage of life and are open to trying some new things. So they are, they stress that yes, sex positive, but careful and yes. make sure that you are in public areas when you meet people. And if you have your little spidey sense, it goes off and tells you something's not right. It's not right. So mm-hmm. always be careful when you meet people, but just a fun and light conversation. So we will let Rachel Green and Kirsten O'Brien take over the conversation. Enjoy it, guys. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, everybody. Today is going to be an interesting show. We have comedians Rachel Green and Kirsten O'Brien on. They are the hosts of the Boss Bitch Show and also the new podcast of the same name, which I'm not going to repeat, but you got the hint the first time. So (laughs) welcome to the show, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. The boss beep. <laughs> yes, the boss beep. 
and podcast. Yes. We're just going to call it the boss beat. But, you know, we thought it'd be a fun time to just, you know, talk a little bit about life, poke some fun at midlife because everybody takes it so seriously. And we need to lighten up on the topics surrounding the 40 plus community. So we are excited to have this conversation. But I kind of wanted to start with how did you guys meet and get started on this show? So Kirsten used to host a show at the Pit Loft, and uh, that was a, a, a lovely little attic space that was about Literally. 10 by 10, and uh, it had a big giant fan, so we didn't asphyxiate ourselves, and it was a really, it was actually, it was a great show and lovely audience, and I just, I heard her jokes, she heard my jokes, and it was like love at first laugh, uh, we're both very sex positive, and single and childless and, you know, out here in the world doing this and that and have very similar experiences of life and, and similar beliefs and whether it's spirituality or dealing with, you know, trauma, you know, the, we just connect on many levels. And, and then I think the pandemic just like brought us closer because, you know, you know, you just sort of cleave to the people that like you like and trust and, yeah, I would agree. Like the moment I saw Rachel stand up, I was like, I'm going to be friends with her. And we just really hit it off. And yeah, that was literally right before the pandemic. And then once the pandemic happened, you know, most of us, um, we're actors and performers. And I was doing a lot of theater and all of the theaters shut down. And we had met doing stand up. And then Stand up was sort of the little engine that could in the pandemic because it's so easy to produce. All you need is a mic and a light. And people were doing shows in Central Park. They were doing shows on rooftops. And um, Rachel produced a show on uh, a venue's rooftop. And I did the show. And then we were like, we should do something together. We should produce something because we're so aligned, not only in our comedy, but, you know, as friends and as people and as women. And we were like, wow, we have like the same intentions, you know? And I think that's really important with a partnership. And uh, we discovered that and we were like, yeah, let's do the Boss Bleep show. <laughs> so, and we can say the word sex on here. So you're very sex positive. Okay. And yes, and I know for females, yeah. so many people don't expect females to talk about sex that, oh, you're bad girl, bad girl. Good girls don't talk about sex. So, Rachel, I'm just going to say, like, you're, you know, what what helped you break through that barrier to just be like, or did it I never exist? Did you it ever have never. a barrier? <laughs> <laughs> no, it really never existed for me. Uh, my parents are very liberal. Um, yeah, I, I've always been very sex positive and very curious, and just continue to meet people throughout my life that opened my eyes to a lot of things. I was very active in the polyamorous community for 10 years. Um, and, you know, I've been to Burning Man and, you know, I've <laughs> dipped my toe in the BDSM waters. And um, yeah, so it's kind of always been that. And it's, it's always been kind of a part of my personality and part of my humor. And even, you know, now that we have our podcast, I had friends from high school be like, one in particular was like, you know, you were the first person I ever met to openly talk about sex. And I'm really glad that you're doing that for the public now because it made a huge difference for me. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> what about you, so, Pearson? So, so sort of totally the opposite. Um, I came from a very like, not very, but I came from a Catholic upbringing. And um, my mom 
is sort of like prudish when it comes to the topic of sex, although she'll tell you a dirty joke in a second. But um, Rachel knows. Uh, but yeah, I sort of um, really pushed against the grain. I've always been very... I feel like I was even like discovered my sexuality very early as a child. Like, and I've always been very comfortable with my body. I grew up as a dancer. So like you were always doing like quick changes. You were always naked in the dressing room. And like, so I was very comfortable with my body. Yeah. And I've always just been, I've always been very sex positive and very like open about my sexuality and, and done it sort of brazenly, but, in front of my family and it's made them very uncomfortable and, (laughs) and I don't care. And I do feel like it's a huge part of my purpose uh, as an artist and as a comedian and as a feminist. And I think uh, it's really important to me that women feel comfortable talking about their bodies, sexuality, orgasms, like all of those things, because it's a part of our human experience and it's empowering. I love the fact that you both are very sex positive. Have you guys noticed in doing stand-up for a couple of years now that there the audience has different reactions? Like are the is older are, do older people in the audience kind of like turn red or are they like that is hysterical? It, I think it really depends because I, I you know, I did a show once up in Connecticut that had just literally every demographic on the planet. And everyone was on board. I don't know that they actually understood everything that I was talking about. Like, I don't think that the 75-year-old woman in the walker necessarily knew what I was talking about when I mentioned a strap-on. But, uh, you know, she, she seemed to have a good time. I, I think we find it more, like, based on, like, location and the okay. sort of, um, you know, mentality of the crowd and... I don't want to say their politics, but sort of their their value system can change. You know, if we do a show in the village versus if we do a show, you know, in Greenwich Village versus like in Times Square, there yes. there is a different vibe as to like, you know, we we'll continue to talk about what we talk about, and you know, I talk about I went to the nude beach with my parents, and my favorite thing for my vagina is coconut oil, and you know. And all these different things, and and she'll talk about a lot of stuff like that as well, and and yeah, you do. <laughs> it's more of a, a, a geographical thing. I I don't know, Kirsten, you can speak to it. Yeah, you know, we just did our show in Boston, and um, I'm originally from Boston, so a lot of my like extended family came out, <laughs> including a lot of like you know, sixty five plus, and you know, I was um. I was like, I don't want to censor myself. I'm not going to censor myself, you know, like I'm going to do my set and like whatever happens, happens, you know, Um, and they loved it. One of the topics we get from women a lot is that they were married for 20, 30 years. They're getting divorced and they have to go back into the dating world. And since you two know the dating world, can you give some suggestions for women who may be number one or that? Um, <laughs> suggestions, number one, what do you do with these apps? And two, like, how do you really know who you're going on a date with? You're going to have, do you have to give them a couple dates to see if there's chemistry? Because it has been so long since some of these women have actually, number one, dated, number two, know how many dates before I have sex. What do I, you know what I mean? All that stuff. So can you give them some tips and tricks? <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, used, I, I used to date the way that I do comedy shows. Like, it was like three to five times a week. 
Um, I was like, you know, it's just um, uh, a law of averages, like something will happen or whatever. I think you have to be really clear on what you want, right? Like, do you want to have a relationship? Do you want to casually date? Do you want to have sex? Um, And I think you get to say there's no right time to have sex or not have sex. There is no... And, and there are men who are old school and, you know, you, you play the game of like, you know, holding out on them and making them work for it. And you can do all that. Sure. Um, or not, you know, it just really depends like what you want and just be clear about it, you know, and, and try to have fun with the process because it can be very frustrating. Um, I don't know about the, the older demographic, like I, I think I date between like sort of 30 and 50, I would say, generally speaking. So I don't know about the men beyond that and their belief systems. But, you know, chances are if they're divorced and they have kids, you know, they want to get to know you and have a good time too, you know. And and what's wrong with like, hey, if we have a connection and it's right there, you know, maybe we'll get sexy tonight or or not. You know, I I, I don't think... I think people are less concerned with like, you know, what society thinks is appropriate or what the dating game thinks is appropriate. Where do you go on a first date? Is it a coffee thing? Is it? Okay. (laughs) This is good. Okay. So I always have a phone call first because especially it started out pre-pandemic, but then of course with the pandemic, there was just times where you were just having Zoom dates and um, yeah, those didn't go so well, but uh, (laughs) Or sometimes it went really well. Then you meet them in person. You're like, wow, okay. (laughs) Something behind that screen, you know? I don't know. In person, you are not as exciting. Um, I love to have a phone conversation first because then you can see if there's chemistry. As far as like a little bit of witty banter, because for me, that's that's like number one. That's my, you know, if you can't hold a, a fun conversation with me, make me think, make me laugh, something. And it doesn't have to be Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know, just have some some wit and, you know. Uh, That will help me not waste my time. And uh, if we had a a even decent conversation, I'm open to like, okay, great. And I can do coffee uh, or meet for uh, a cocktail. Some people don't drink. So maybe you meet for a snack, you go for a walk. Um, But something that's in public, that's maybe at a a decent hour, maybe a happy hour. And I love to bookend things so that I have an out if I don't (laughs) like them. Right. So it's like, oh, sorry, got to run, go meet my friend for dinner. Or, oh, I got to go do a comedy show. Or, oh, I have something to do for, uh, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Or or as I have mentioned to Rachel, like she'll be texting me during a date and I'll be like, let me know if you need an emergency phone call. I'm like, oh my God, my friend. (laughs) You know? Like the old episode of Sex and the City, something bad happened. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like you're saying, you know, you have friends that have been married for 20, 30 years and now they're divorced and back in the dating scene, like, I'm sure, Rachel, you can uh, attest to this. I have friends that have been married for five or 10 years and are now getting divorced and, you know, getting back into the dating scene. And I think, you know, if if you're a little rusty with dating, first and foremost, as uh, a woman or a fab person, safety is primary. You know, meet in public, never leave your drink alone. Um, I wouldn't get into a car with a person that I've only met once. You know what I mean? 
Um, and just to be wary, like, don't have them drop you off at your house. So they know where you, you know what I mean? You just, you never know. Um, but yeah, with, I, you know, I agree pretty much with everything Rachel has said, like there is no, that's, I think that's like a big difference between maybe, um, millennial and Gen X and like the older Gen X and, and boomer generation of like, we don't care about like societal standards anymore. I think most of us don't. And it's weird because there's this like online resurgence of like this very toxic masculinity of like talking about body counts and, um, you know, uh, what, what do they call it, Rachel? The, um, what's a, Oh God. It's a like, body count. Body how, many, how many people? How many sex? How many people you have slept with? How many people have they killed? <laughs> I know, she, went, right? she went right to true crime. She went right <laughs> oh to true crime. Gosh. There's this really weird resurgence of like men online who have like podcasts and like huge followings that are like, uh, sort of, it's like the pendulum is swinging back into yeah. the, um, toxic masculine, uh, conversation about we don't want women that you know have been with a lot of men and like we don't want a woman who has boundaries we don't want a woman who like it's it's terrifying it's really terrifying and there's this guy like Andrew Tate online who is just like horrifying and he has a lot of followers and it's really scary so you know we're like (laughs) we're trying to combat that I think you know Mm -hmm. and um and empowering women to to own their sexuality, to own what they want, to think about what they want, and and have their first priority be that instead of how do I be attractive to a man? What what does a man want? You know, how, when is appropriate to sleep with them? What do they want in bed? What do they want me to look like? I don't care. Like I am my own person, and if you don't like it then it's not a match. It's not personal, you know? Right. I think it's really important that like, if you're getting back in the dating scene, like get back in touch with yourself first Mm -hmm. of like, who am I? What do I want? How do I feel comfortable expressing myself? You know, do I understand my body and my sexuality and my fantasies? Like, what does that mean to me? What do all those things mean to me? You know, what do I want for the next 10, 20, 30 years? Yeah. You know? There is no expected time to have sex in both directions, right? So if you feel like you want to right away, go for it. And also if you feel like you don't, you don't have to. And yeah, like uh, the person you're dating, you, you can have them earn the right to your body, right? You can you can have them wait, not from like, oh, I have to be pure, and I don't want them to think I'm a you know S L U T. But <laughs> thanks um, for spelling. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna go for it, but, but more from the perspective of like, do I want? to give myself to this person? Do I want this person's energy inside of my body? Because that's literally mm-hmm. what happens, right? Um, like I had a second date last night actually with this lovely Danish gentleman. And on our first date, and and we had talked about on the date, he is also very sex positive. He is dominant, uh, but does not have a dominant personality in his bone, like in his, anywhere, like very uh, almost shy and and sweet and respectful, walked me home, didn't Mm. even try to kiss me on the first date. Mm. And then even this date, it was like, you know, after seeing a comedy show and after having a drink or two and 
I was like, so where do you envision the evening going? And he was like, like he could have answered that question in a multitude of ways. And he goes, I don't know. Want to rob a bank? Like just made it so fun, (laughs) so playful. I don't know. Want to climb a bridge and, you know, and just like walked me home again. And again, I was like, I'm so accustomed. Even someone like me is so accustomed to the man having expectations of sex that I was like, I kept checking in with him and he was like, I have no expectations on this evening. What wow. would you like? What would you like to do? <laughs> and how oh, hot is that? You know, have a third date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we come and then I invite him upstairs and he just like teased me for, I don't know, hours um, <laughs> and had really no concern about his own pleasure other than pleasuring me. And he has made it clear to me that he cannot promise me anything emotionally because he has half custody of his daughter and he is dating several women. And one of them is on the borderline of serious. And he was like, I don't want to dangle that like a carrot for you. I'm open to it, but I want you to know what you're dealing with. And if you're open to that, let's engage. And I was like, <laughs> sign me up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting, um, Kirsten, when you were mentioning these sites. And so Colleen and I both have uh, daughters in their 20s. One of hers is married. One isn't. My daughter's not married. My daughter's dating. And she was dating a guy. And she's so funny about what she'll share with me and what she won't share with me. And part of it, she's like, I'm not telling you his last name because you're going to stalk him, mom. You're going to get out. And dog. she did. Okay. And she found the last name online. and still stalked Oh, I, she wouldn't tell me the last name and I found it. But she found out. I said, are you still going out with that guy? And she said, no, I am ending that because he follows one of these toxic male. Ooh. She found out. She stalked him herself. And she found out. Not only did he follow, he liked some of their comments. Oh. And she said, no, I, I am not having that in my life. And so I'm so for proud her. of her because yeah. I said, good for you. You, yeah. you do not feel like you have to have a man in your life. You are open. You're, you knew what you wanted. I, I felt really proud of myself <laughs> So <laughs> as a mother that she had enough in her to say, yeah, I'm not doing that. So that's when you said that, I went, oh, yes. okay. I know what that is now. It's very scary. I mean, um, those accounts, I mean, they're, they're violent and they're they are. Also inciting violence. Um, yeah. and that's, that's not okay. You know, yeah. like, so good for her. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, and on like the topic of dating and marriage and things like that, like something that a conversation I've sort of had to have with my mom here and there is like, the end goal is not marriage for everybody. And like the end goal of dating is not forever for everybody. And like, I think I'm also like very open to that with dating. And I think that if people are coming out of long-term relationships, whether they're marriages or whatever, to really think about, to really do the work of like, well, why didn't that work And is that arrangement what I want? Like, what is the goal with me relating to whoever I'm dating? Um, Because I think that those are questions that, you know, even a lot of women in my generation never thought to ask themselves. 
never even considered that they were allowed to ask that question of like, well, hey, maybe I'll never get married or maybe I'll never have children. And like, do I even want children? Do I even want a marriage? What does it mean to be in a marriage? You know? So I think those are all things that people now have the opportunity to think about, um, you know, when you have that sort of second chance. Can we share maybe one or two stories of bad dates or dates <laughs> gone wrong? Because I think that would be fabulous. Let me get out. Yeah, my five hours. <laughs> I mean, how much time do you have? Holy moly. It's like half of our comedy. I mean, come on. Got <laughs> <laughs> to hear about a few bad dates because that's just... Oh, Those wow. make for great, bad choices, great stories, as they say. So, mm-hmm. well, the one that comes to mind, I'm going to bleep myself a couple of times. So mm-hmm. we're, we're going to, I'm going to mm. try my best, but it's so juicy and delicious. I have to. <laughs> so this was uh, Thanksgiving of 2020 and I was home. I was visiting my parents on Long Island's. And, you know, I'm an only child. So eventually I, I need a little space for my parents. I start swiping. I come upon this guy. Kirsten's like, oh, I know. I know what this one is. That's a good one. And, um, you know, he's kind of a, he's very built, very, you know, big guy. And he's got these lovely blue eyes. And I'm like, okay, he's, he's very Long Island, but I'm here for it. You know, what else am I doing? So we decide to meet outside of a Starbucks because at this point, you know, we didn't have vaccines and Long Island was a little weird with the indoor dining. I wasn't comfortable with it yet. So we meet at the Starbucks and we pull up and his he's got a Ford Explorer with tinted windows and his license plate says smoked out. And I'm like, oh, wow, we're, <laughs> we're off. We're, we're off to the races. OK. And he had kind of not a real mask, one of those sort of, you know, just a balaclava kind of thing. It's just sort of a piece of fabric. And immediately, I mean, I don't even think we hugged or, or shook hands yet. And he was like you know, I don't understand these masks, you know, it's like, uh, I, I understand wearing them at the hospital, but not like, you know, at a Starbucks. And I was like, you, you do know how this works, right? You don't <laughs> get it at the hospital, you get it at the Starbucks, and then you have to go to the hospital. Okay, cool. And maybe this is not a great way to start off a first date conversation. It's a little polarizing, you know, you don't know my point of view. Okay, great. So then he had shared with me that he wanted a female-led relationship. And I said, tell me more about what that means. I said, because I tend to prefer being a bit more submissive in the bedroom, not in life. Um, and he goes, oh, well, you know, I am, I tend to like to be more submissive. And I said, well, this may not work. Two submissive people, it's not going to work. He's like, yeah, but we could bring in the guy. We bring in the bull. And then you tell him, you know, what you want and I'll just watch. And I was like, oh, okay. So I get like the best of both worlds. He's like, yeah, you, he's like, you're in charge. And I was like, okay, you know, all right, you know. And then he goes, do you want to see my, we're going to say Nick Cage. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, 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 sure. Okay. I mean, I'm always here for the comedy. It's going terrible. I'm like, I'm here for it. Let's just see this through. Nothing but material. Yeah. So I was like, wow. Okay. Yes. We're here. I'm safe. I'm in the outside of a Starbucks in a strip mall on Long Island. Great. And he was a very sweet guy. So he shows me the picture of his Nick Cage. And I was like, oh, I've never seen a Nick Cage before. And he tells me that uh, his his former partner, she had him in the Nick Cage for three months. 
And I was like, wow, well, I, I guess he's not afraid of commitment. Okay, great. Again, she had like a special key. And if she would go away, there was like a lockbox for the the key to the cage. And yeah, so, and then I'm like, huh, wow. And uh, yeah, then he went on to tell me more about his politics, which we were in opposing positions. And I was like, oh my goodness. And he was like, but you know, we could agree to disagree. And I'm like, I don't know. And then he's like, do you want to know more about my, um, my the proclivities? And I was like, uh, sure. Yes, I'm here for this. And he was giving me all these acronyms. And oh, this is going to be a tough one. Um, so he said CBT and SPH. Um, so CBT, I was like, oh, cognitive <laughs> behavioral therapy. Wow. Cool. Yeah, thinking. it's good stuff. Yeah. And it was... Um, C and B torture, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the the thing and the, the you know the twig and berries. Thank you, Got thank it. you. The, thank the you. twig and the berries. We're gonna need a whole okay. show notes like <laughs> definitions for a glossary, asterisk, <laughs> yeah. footnotes. Yeah. And then and then I was like SPH, and it was small humiliation. Um, oh, okay. The, I was waiting for the H part. I'm like. Okay. Yes. The the nick for the cage. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's why the cage was small because I had noticed that. And so it was just like, wow, I'm 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 learning so much, and I'm I'm interested. And then uh, he he was like, do you want to see a picture of me in a dress? Like, yes, absolutely. You know. And I have no issue with that. But he's like a big guy. This guy was like 300 pounds, like you know, six three. So and he's wearing like a hot pink like tube top dress, and it was like such a visual. And it goes on and on and on. And then he's like, do you want to see my tattoos? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, at this point, I mean, wow, everything. <laughs> Let's see it all. That's and tame at that point. He, yeah. I mean, he had one of like Puddles the Clown. And then there was another one with a claw with like claw fingers and all this stuff. And then the last one. Um, WWG1. WWGA. And I was like, what, what does that mean? And he said, where we go one, we go all. And I said, oh, that's a, that's interesting. What, what what does that mean to you? And he goes, oh, it's the QAnon slogan. Oh, gee. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's... That's the worst one. I would look at everything else. That was hard pass. The rest was fine. Everything else. And it's like, no, that does it. Uh-uh. And then he literally said to me, he was like, you know, I, I feel a really strong connection. Because I'm probably the only person that's actually listened to him and like let right. him go through the full thing. He's like, you know, I'm like, we don't have the same opinion on anything. He's like, oh, we could agree to disagree. And I was like, you know what? Uh. I could learn to live with your kinks. I can't learn to live with your politics. So, you know. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. I, I have so many questions, like with this cage. <laughs> how do you go to the bathroom? I mean, I mean how do you... <laughs> How do you do? Yeah, that's like my first question. Well, you can do all the regular things. It just doesn't allow it to grow. Okay. Okay. Visual (laughs) listeners, go ahead. Think about that for a minute. Okay. You should kind of clean it pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So many questions. I guess it's like, you know, sterling silver. So it's the stainless steel. Wear it in the shower. (laughs) Okay. Okay. See now, 
One of our, we did an episode a couple of seasons ago with um, non-monogamy. There's a, a podcast out there. It was all about non-monogamy in relationships and how as you get a little older, then all of a sudden you decide, okay, I'm going to try different things. That did not come up in the interview. <laughs> no, a lots of, I learned, I knew up. what a bull was, you know, for my interviewer, <laughs> what a bull and a unicorn and everything, but I, that didn't so come that's up That's a first. Uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. It's I, very specific because. We're always learning you know, this podcast. We're actually going to be guests on your podcast and yeah. now. I have to admit, we're a little like, hmm, what are we going to talk about over there? <laughs> so much to talk about. I know. <laughs> and we can use big words on ours. Yes. <laughs> so guys, make sure to listen to this conversation and continue it over at the Boss Beep <laughs> podcast, which you can find on any podcast platform. And make sure to go over and check it out. Thanks, guys, for coming on the show. We had so much fun. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, uh, Kirsten <laughs> and Rachel. And now I know how to clean a Nick cage. So I that was my biggest concern. I was like, I, when you I heard that part, about I was like, there, how, how do you clean it? You gotta, can you put it in the dishwasher? I mean, put it on, what's that, like really, really high and heat cleaning one, but let it cool off the before you put it back cycle. on. The rinse cycle, everything, heat it, sanitize, clean. But then you don't want to be, you know how when you get dishes out of the dishwasher and they're too hot to touch? Yeah. Let that cool down, okay? Just a visual image there. I'm just guessing, but you should probably let it cool down. I I just say safety first, safety (laughs) first. (laughs) And we learn something every time. We have someone on the show. This one, it was definitely funny and enjoyable. And just they're they're such funny women and yeah. just love love living their lives. Make sure you check this out. Check out all of our show. Uh, we're on everything. We're on TikTok. We are. Oh, I wonder how these will do on TikTok. TikTok. These clips will do on TikTok. Uh-oh. They'll probably be taken down. They probably will be. So catch them quick. Make sure to catch watch our TikTok so you can catch these clips. Um, we are on YouTube for most of our videos. We have Pinterest. We have Instagram. We have Hot Flash Shop on Instagram. And we also have a great private group on Facebook if you want to join Hot Flashes and Cool Topics private group. So many women help each other on there. They pose questions. So many women jump in to try to help other women. So that's fantastic. Um, check out our website because we have had many medical professionals on and they are just really great at answering questions. I have learned so much from this podcast that I never dreamt of. Have a great couple of days, guys, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. <laughs>